going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 65th podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. This week, a man who I used to share a couch with, uh, professionally, that is, uh, and I haven't chatted to in a while, so I'm so happy to be doing a coast-to-coast pod with the man himself, Live Shots legend, Brady Phelps. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up, man? I am not sure how I felt about that whole share in a couch intro. <laughs> Although, to be fair, you I guess you and I never actually shared the couch. I had my own chair, and you were on the couch yourself there on uh, on our old Padre Social Hour show. So maybe yeah, I should redo true. that whole intro, I maybe. <laughs> maybe when we were, you know, BS and pre- or post-show, we were definitely on the couch at the same time. There we go. Love it. Um, yeah, go, I mean, yeah, Brady, you and I, we've been trying to do this uh, a catch-up pod for, for a long time now. And between my schedule and your schedule, uh, it's it's been tough, but... I feel like I always like checking back in with the San Diegans, and especially, you know, you and I, we, we worked very closely together. We got very close, so it's great catching up with you. And with the Dodgers just in the World Series and, you know, football season in full swing, I figured now's a, a chance to chat. And it's been uh, about a year since I first uh, started coming back to the East Coast from when I was living out there. So uh, it's, it's got some, some symmetry to it. So I'm, I'm happy we were able to get some time together. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, uh, I'm very, very pumped we were able to make it happen. I know that we had been trying for a while, and I'm sure all your East Coast listeners are like, who is this bum and why is he talking? And, <laughs> and all the West Coast listeners are like, oh, why is he talking to that thinking. bum? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is this bum and why is he talking? Same same as always. That's, uh, that's, that's great. Fair. Yeah, the big goal for this episode is just get as many uh, San Diego sports fans as pissed off as possible, trolling them uh, with, with you being on the show. Uh, no, we're going to have a good chat. Yeah, that's chat. perfect. Yeah, awesome. Mission, mission soon to be accomplished. Uh, but no, Brady, I start every <laughs> show the same way, uh, no matter who the guest is. I ask them the same question, and I'm going to ask it to you now. What's the best thing in your whole life to happen to you in the past week? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, well that's, there's some irony there. Um, the best thing is uh, today is my son's sixth birthday. Oh, happy so birthday. So I'm going to get sappy dad. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, that means, I mean, not to date this podcast, but he was born 11, 11, 11. So it's kind of a special, uh, special day, obviously, for us just because it's his birthday, but also kind of cool. Um, so that's probably the best thing. Um, on the flip side, you know, the argument for my future could be, that I'm sitting on a bag of frozen peas right now because I just got a vasectomy this uh, last week. So oh, I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm in full, full recovery mode. <laughs> yeah, and that's what everyone checks in and goes, huh, TMI, and checks out of the podcast. But but yeah, I'm feeling feeling good, and it was not the best in the, you know, during, but, you know, I could see in the future it becoming a very large part of my, my, uh, my happiness. Never in the 65 episodes I've done this did I expect anyone to answer the best thing that happened to them this week was getting a vasectomy. You are you are a history maker. Congratulations. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. thanks. Okay. I try. Whatever I can do. All right. I did not, although, you know, I did not turn it into a brosectomy, which apparently is a thing now. That is a uh, thing, where, yeah. You know, I, we did a story about that at my job a couple months ago. Uh, there was like a big Wall Street Journal story. Yeah, dudes are making it a thing now like you go with your buddy you get like drunk beforehand you watch sports while they're snipping you go play golf afterward have a steak dinner it's like a whole day it's a whole thing but you didn't do do play that. golf afterward like i can barely walk that's nuts <laughs> maybe he just like, needed a better doctor that makes no sense at all i mean i definitely missed the boat on it but i mean i could have for sure got into a good like manny petty or something oh uh, yeah something like that golf. well 
we t- well, you did one of the things last year. You did a, a bachelor party, right? You're the one who told me about those last summer. So that's kind of that's the same true, thing, yeah. right? Guys just yeah, want any reason to party for any reason for any occasion. It's pathetic, really, but I I love it and embrace it. And I really missed the boat on the brosectomy. That's on, that's on me. I wear that. Oh well, if I ever decide to get one myself down the road, uh, you'll be invited to mine to my brosectomy party. So we'll make that a deal. That's adorable. I'll see you hopefully in like twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If not longer, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, a little Brady. army of Janellas running around. I know. I got to get a starting nine going, or at least a starting five <laughs> basketball or something. We'll see. Right. Um, all right, let's uh, let's chat some um, some San Diego stuff. Uh, but the first question I want to ask you: How much do you miss me, really? You know, if having you here meant we could still do Padres social hour, then that means I mean you. I miss you immensely. Um, no, I definitely miss, miss having you around. I do, you know, it's funny, you know, I used to, you guys used to kind of make fun of me for this, but I remember when we would, when we would leave the show, um, which was, you know, at the base of the Western metal, you know, supply, and we would walk out onto the dirt of the warning track and then, sorry, warning path. And, uh, and we would, (laughs) and we would walk along the side of the field. I would always just stop you guys. And I'd be like, you guys, I know you work here. I know this is, you know, common for you, and I know you think I'm being overly dramatic, but just stop and look around. Like, we are in a major league ballpark. We get to walk on the field. We're, you know, rubbing shoulders with all the players, and then we get to stand there and watch, you know, BP or watch, you know, the players getting interviewed or, or even interview the players. And, and you know, just, I don't know. It was such a surreal experience for me, and I, and I remember, you, you know, you and you know Nikki and Maddie and you know getting these eye rolls from you guys being like, all right, Brady, every time you're going to do this, <laughs> I'd be like, yes, every time you need to stop and look around. Like this is incredible, you know, this is a surreal thing to be able to do this. And I wanted to make sure that you, you know, you guys that were official Padres employee, employees kind of recognized that. And uh, so I do, I do miss you. I do miss, uh, I do miss us on the show. And uh, and I do wish you were back and we were doing it again. That was fun. Well, that makes me happy. This episode of the podcast will have to suffice because uh, the whole show is not coming back anytime <laughs> soon. No, it's true. And, and fans, a lot of fans in any sport uh, never like hearing this, but you do get a little bit jaded, you know, when you're working in sports and you're putting in 12, 13 hour days every single day. <clears throat> it can, you hit the wall sometimes when it's mid-August and if it's the Padres or whoever and you're 20 games out of first place, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I got to, you know, do this again. But every once in a while, you need people like you. And, you know, you need moments that just remind you, holy shit, this is actually the most amazing thing I could be doing professionally with my life. So uh, the world needs more people like you that can help uh, those that do get a little bit jaded appreciate exactly the position that they're in. So let me ask well, you. Well, I appreciate oh, saying that. That's yeah, yeah. kind. But I, I don't know. I just... And I don't know that you were ever, you know, kind of in that place, but I did. I looked around and I saw people just being like, oh, just another day at the ballpark, you know, like, and, and I used to, it used to kind of drive me nuts because I just, you know, because I've always just been a fan, you know, I wasn't, I I wasn't and am not officially a part of any sort of, you know, sports media, despite having a blog that I haven't written in, in two years. Um, (laughs) But I, you know, I, I was never part of that, but I, I don't know. I felt like I was inside enough to be able to recognize people just not caring and then outside enough to be able to like, you know, shake the shoulders and be like, this isn't going to be this way forever, you know, like appreciate it, you know? No, I agree with you hundred percent. And certainly, yeah, more people on the inside get that way than not. I'd always like the thought that I was on the side that was closer to you on the spectrum, 
But even I fall guilty to that sometimes where, you know, any job, when it's a job, can, can rag on you every once in a while. But for the most part, it's, yeah. gla- it's glass half full. So let me ask you about that. And this is, I think, where a lot of other fans may find this conversation instructive because I still don't know to this day how you ended up on Padre Social Hour as one of our panel co-hosts. <laughs> uh, you've, been, you know, you've done a lot of other stuff. I've seen you do Chargers pregame and other media and things like that. So for someone like you, you have a, like a real job. I know a lot of people came up to me thinking that your job was you know, hosting with us. I'm like, no, this guy has a, right. a real job, a real family. He does other stuff. So how do you end up a dude with a blog that hasn't been updated in two years? How do you end up in all these sort of, you know, pig and shit uh, positions that all these other fans would, would kill to be in? I'm just a, just a paid shill, man. It's just that easy. I just, <laughs> you'll cash up, any check from anybody. And just, yeah. The irony, you know, uh, I, I actually think that there's probably, I mean, you know, I, I did get paid a small stipend to be on the show. Um, and it was, it was, you know, if I, if I had a fun night, I could burn through it in beer money at, at the game right after the show. Um, by the fourth inning it, with those prices. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, but, it, but I actually think that there, there went, um, I don't know, maybe the last half of the shows I did, I just never, I just never submitted an expense, uh, thing and never got paid. Not because, um, I, I, I would have hundred percent got paid if I had asked for it. I just didn't ask for it. I don't know. It just felt, um, it almost felt like I wasn't really doing a job. Like I was living out part of a dream, you know? And, and so as to how I end up in those positions, I I don't really know. I mean, I guess with Padre social hour, it started, um, I guess with, with Jesse Agler and, uh, and he, you know, he just, we had had interactions on Twitter and had crossed each other's paths a couple of times. And, and he had said, you know, if you're ever, if you're ever down, um, that Petco before the game, you know, come, come hit me up at the studio. And, uh, and I got down there and he's like, Hey, do you want to come sit on the couch for a segment? And I said, sure, I'd love to. And it wasn't uncommon. I know he had done that with, um, a couple of other fans. And so got down and we just were, you know, BSing with each other and, and it ended up, um, you know, having a pretty good chemistry on camera. And I think that, you know, I try to be able to obviously think on my feet and be quick witted and be able to have a, um, you know, intelligent, witty conversation, you know, on, on the fly. And, uh, I guess that, and then it turned into like, Hey, come back for another show and then let's do this, you know, and then there were a couple segments that I did with Randy Jones and then Kurt Pavacqua and, and, uh, and those, you know, worked out well. And then the next year when, you know, Agler obviously got promoted to be doing the radio and then you got the job as host, um, and then they kind of decided to do that, you know, kind of rotating circle of people. Um, they asked me to come down and do an audition. So I did. And, um, and then they asked if I wanted to be, you know, one of the rotating cast who was on once a week. And, uh, and I said, yes. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that they liked having the, you know, there's the legitimacy, legitimacy, obviously of having like a bill center or Randy Jones, you know, like, um, and putting us on the couch next to them, gave us credibility, um, us meaning, I, I guess I can't even, everybody else was actually media members except for me, but I guess gave me credibility because if the Padres felt that I was, you know, able to sit on the couch next to those guys, um, then that gave me some credibility as well, you know, credibility by association, I guess. So, and then the Chargers thing, um, I don't know, similar just over the years, just um, meeting people and, um, you know, them watching my, you know, over the years blogs and then, you know, tweets from then on out and just, you know, commentary of the game and, 
and uh, and I don't know, just putting myself in a, in a position where I, you know, I, it's not that I don't ever um, be negative because I definitely am and I don't criticize because I definitely do. Um, but I think that I always try to be fair. You know, I, I don't I try not to do outlandish um, over the top criticisms um, unless they're merited. I tried just, and this is just a life thing, not a Twitter thing, but I tried just to stay uh, pretty positive. And so I, you know, tend to burn less bridges that way. It's just not uh, my way of going about doing things. And uh, that's not, not the case with everybody. I'm sure there are some people who think that I've burnt bridges or <laughs> not kind or, um, but yeah, just ended up finding myself in weird spots. It's actually the, with the Chargers Insider Show um, that I did, they actually asked me to come host the last show of Chargers Insider, uh, the last show of them being a San Diego Chargers. Now, it wasn't official yet, but the writing was kind of on the wall. And uh, and I said no, because I didn't, I didn't want to be associated with the last San Diego Insider show because, one, I was so mad that they were leaving. Uh, but, two, I was... Um, I was afraid that everybody would blame me that when they left, it was my fault because I jinxed <laughs> you were it all. The curse, the last one. Yeah, I was the one who cursed it. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. So I said no, um, which, you know, I don't know. Now it's kind of cool that I can say like, no, I said no, because I, I didn't want a part of the last San Diego show, you know. Was, Very noble of you. Um, no, it's one thing I always admired about you. And I told, I don't think I've ever told you this, but people would ask me sometimes like, you know, how's, how's Brady always on the field or getting in all these positions? And I would say, you know, he's the kind of guy that would end up, he'd go to a U2 concert and be having a conversation with Bono by the end of the night somehow. You're just like, you're personable <laughs> and you end up places, you shake hands. And like you say, you, you talk, you put yourself out there. And you know what? A lot of people don't have the, the balls really is the word to do it. So good for you, man. And you've turned it into something, a nice little niche for yourself. So congrats. Well done. What Thank do you, you. I appreciate you saying that. What, what do you want to chat about? We want to talk some baseball or some football first? Um, geez. I mean, yeah, let's talk baseball. I mean, uh, all right. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned we just had the World Series. Yeah, so World Series finished. Not, not lost. just. I guess it's a little. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, it still feels fresh in my mind. Uh, so Dodgers yeah. lost to the Astros. How did that go over in uh, in San Diego? Were people happy the Dodgers lost? Did they just not care at that point about the season? What was, what was the vibe? Because obviously Padres Dodgers. A uh, big, uh, big rivalry there in the fan bases, at least. Uh, so, how did that go over? Yeah, that's interesting that you say in fan bases, at least, because that's certainly true. Um, I've always been of the school that, um, you know, when the when the Giants and the Dodgers left, you know, New York in '58 and came over to the West Coast, you know, that is a rivalry, you know, and that's kind of been, you know, the the Padres were were not even in existence, you know, when that went down, minus you know the PCL team, but um, I think that. You know, Padres fans in general, you know, hate hate the Dodgers, so we're cheering against them. So I think you know most of San Diego was uh, was certainly cheering for the Astros, um, and I think that there you know there's some hope associated with that. You know, people obviously like everybody and their mother tweeted out a picture of like the SI prediction of the 2017 you know Astros champs, and yep, the and there is you know, something cover. right, yeah, and 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 I think that. You know, there's hope there because they were terrible. They were terrible for at least three years straight where they were losing over 100 games and um, and they were building up their system and they were really committed to this this idea of a tank which um, or rebuild, which is I know is, you know, a bad word in San Diego and the ownership certainly doesn't like using it. They're building, not rebuilding. Um, I know you've heard that line fed to you many times. Oh, yeah, um, uh-huh. 
but I, I think that there is a glimmer of hope associated with it. Um, right, where do you, well, where do you, where do you stand on it? Because, and I'm going to use the word tanking because I'm not a team employee for any team anywhere anymore. Um, it's, it is what it is. So there's the, the part of the fan base that is all for it, right? They see the Astros and to a lesser extent what the Cubs did last year, cause they had some lean years too. And they want, let's tank. Let's just get the first pick. Let's not care about wins for now. Let's emulate that model. But then you see, you know, ownership or other fans that want a competitive team. And even if they're not making the playoffs, at least let's have, you know, a team that goes out there and fights every night and has some talent. Where are you on that spectrum between the, the tanking and the, and the competing while you go along the timeline? Yeah, I, I think people will maybe, you know, I, I know the view is like, if you, if you can't understand the tank and you can't get behind the tank, then you're not a real good fan. You know, like you don't, you're not a true baseball fan because you don't understand the process and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into that. I'm not a fan of intentionally tanking. I think that, um, and I certainly don't think the managers or players are, I think the managers are put in a position where it's not like, Oh, we're intentionally tanking. However, we do feel comfortable right now, maybe giving some of our younger players, um, some playing time and some experience because we're not worried about going out and winning the world series this year. So I do think there are some benefits there. Um, and I think that, you know, if your team is bad, getting the first pick is, um, is like a, a neat byproduct, but I don't think it's something you aim for. I mean, like as a fan, how do you really cheer for your team to lose? You know, it's, I, I don't, I certainly can't do that. And I struggle doing that. And, and I, uh, so I understand where people who want to embrace the tank come from. And I do think that there's, you know, some comedy and some chatter that can, you know, surround that and and make for good conversation. But it's not something that I would ever, you know, and I certainly don't think the the players ever get behind, you know, when it comes to tanking. I just, I love, I love it when these guys fight and love it when they win. And I think there's a lot of experience for these kids to gain by getting out there in a major league ball, you know, ballpark and, and seeing, looking across the diamond and seeing guys that on paper absolutely should beat them. And then they go out and beat them. And I, I love that. My favorite part of tanking in general is you've touched, you alluded to it a little bit that like a lot of people think that the tanking means the players aren't trying or the manager is intentionally trying to lose, but that's not the case. That's the great irony is that these managers, coaches, players, no matter the sport. And I think in the NBA, you get this more than any other they're trying their hardest, but then it's like a slap in the face when ownership is saying, yeah, we're, we're rebuilding or we're tanking. They're basically saying, we don't think you're good enough that you trying a hundred percent is still not good enough to compete with other good teams that are maybe half trying. It's almost like a slap in the face because these guys on the field are trying their absolute hardest, but everyone in the stands wants them to not be good, just like to not be competitive. So I think it's always like it's been a funny irony to me that it's not an effort thing. It's it's a talent thing. And how like these are human beings. These are 20 year old people out of yeah, the field yeah, that is. are being told you suck and that's OK. Right. Yeah, definitely a catch 22 there. If you're yeah. so do you um, feel like you get resen- do you feel like you get resentment from a certain segment of the of the fan base that that you don't feel that way? You don't in- embrace the tank? Um. Do I personally feel, do, do they resent me? I don't know. I, maybe after listening to this podcast, they'll yell at me or something. I don't, I don't. Yeah. But like what I, are your, what are your Twitter mentions like? I, well, that's the, that's the thing though. You know, there are times and, and maybe people will, will call me a cowardly pacifist on Twitter when it comes to this. But like, if I see something that I very, I mean, unless it's like 
a cause that is truly worth fighting for, I see that somebody, you know, I need to come to the defense of somebody who's like, you know, being accused of something wrongly or, you know, like, you know, write it on my white Twitter night. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't feel the need to join into all these conversations that people, you know, that are so, um, pro something or, or, or against something that I, you know, that I don't necessarily care about. Like if people want to embrace the tank, that's great. You know, I don't need to go out and be like, you're an idiot. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have the need to do that. And so I think that probably minimizes some of the people coming back at me and saying, no, you're the idiot. And here's why. <laughs> so, you know, I think some people know, and some people don't just, I mean, people also just don't give a rat's ass, you know, I don't know. They just don't really care. Like they don't really care what I think. And, and I oftentimes don't care what they think either. So <laughs> that's a nice way to kinda, live. <laughs> Yeah. I think I love yeah. you just summed up Twitter in ten seconds too. You're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. Here's why. I think that's the whole platform in, in a five second elevator pitch. Yeah, right. And I, I and I'm I don't know. I'm not about that. And I I certainly like everybody else. I do get drawn into it at times. And I, you know, and the the gloves come off. And then I'm like, what am I doing? You know. And I do even find myself, you know, like like that wasn't nice. Why did I do that? I'll just go and like delete a tweet, you know, because I'll feel bad about it and and realize it was unnecessary jabs, you know. Uh, well, that's nice of you that you can at least recognize that after the fact. Um, all right, last. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's good. Uh, last Padre specific question. Um, besides bring back the Browns, because I feel like that's everyone's number one answer. Uh, what's one change you'd make right now if you if you ran the team if you were ownership? Um. I would bring back Padre Social Hour. Oh, good answer. I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. I like that. That's really good. I, I mean, I certainly – That was not me fishing, by the way, or teeing you up for that. I know it wasn't you fishing. <laughs> I, and, and I, no, I didn't say bring you back. Oh, yeah, that's, a that's a good point. That's a good point. And you would install yourself uh, as the host. <laughs> <laughs> I did – you know, when I did get to fill in for you a couple of times, it certainly was fun. But yeah. it's not as easy as people think, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I appreciate but that. But, no, I, I do think that there is um, there is an element of – I just – I didn't really understand this last year why they didn't have something. Like, when you know your team is bad, like, give some entertainment to the fans. And that's what – that's the part that I – and I know that there are people in the Padres organization who wanted it. And I know that there were people above them who just didn't see the value in it. And – um, and that it's disappointing, you know, like I, cause there are a lot of people who are very, very involved in the show who I know wanted to keep the show going. Like it certainly wasn't their idea to get rid of it. And, um, and I think people who are a little higher up just didn't see it the way that we did. But I, I really do think that, you know, a, a team, like I, I was just, I thought that it was something they did right, you know, like is creating fan interaction. And there were people who were hardcore about that show. And then there were people who just happened to turn on the game early and it was on and they're like, oh, what's this? And then they would watch. And and I think just having it as an option out there and having it be interactive, like I think it's I don't know. I think it was kind of ahead of its time. I feel like that's going to be something that continues of having interactive shows like that. Um, I always thought it was a drag that, um, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to say this or not or we're not supposed to or whatever, but like, you know, I always wanted like, let's let's have a pint on this thing and let's let's make this. Um, let's make this even more fun and let's, you know, loosen up a little bit, get some high seats and let's have a couple beers and let's just, you know, let's just talk sports and, and make it a little more of a casual feel, even though it did have a casual feel, let's make it even more casual, but like Fox just was not going to have it where 
you know, we were able to have booze on the show. So hey, alcohol um, is always a solution to me. So I like I like that idea. But sometimes you put things in the suggestion box and they just don't go answered. So what are you what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a bummer. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, maybe if I ever if I mean, I will at some point. But when I get back to San Diego, we'll have to do like a, a one week exclusive only. Just uh, we'll we'll renegade broadcast on Facebook Live. Uh, we'll do a show oh, that, or something, bring it back temporarily. That would be funny. That would be funny. I'd be all about it. Recreate Love it. it. Love it. Book it. We'll get a live studio audience. It'll be fantastic. And we'll be drinking since we control the, the narrative <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah. Let's chat some football, uh, Brady. So halfway through, more than halfway through the NFL season, Chargers obviously, and if this is still a sore subject, you know, feel free to tell me to shut up and let's move on. But what what's the the mood in town? Are you guys still missing them? Have people moved on at this point? What's the what's the vibe? Oh man! Well, I I know that I certainly don't speak on behalf of all fans. I think um, there are a lot of people that um, have you know very different um, very different views of kind of where where the season is, where um, just where their fandom is in general. Um, you know. I know my, so here was my mentality all along. Like when they left, I was, you know, furious. I just wanted to, you know, wring Spanos's neck. And I just, I, I couldn't call him coward enough. I was so angry um, at what he did and the decision that he made to, to take the team out. And I, I do think there was fault absolutely on both sides with the city and with the team. Um, and I, and I, I will, <clears throat> I don't like to admit it, but I, I, I will admit that I do find some pleasure in how, like not just LA is not just indifferent. Like they actively dislike the Chargers. Like it is, um, it's crazy how just watching LA respond and they just could not care less about this team. Um, and and there is something to be said that uh, you know as a San Diego fan, selfishly, where we can kind of chuckle and laugh and be like, "We told you so, Dean." And um, but yeah, all along I just I, I thought it would be a bad thing for me to make a a decision of like, I am going to be a fan or I'm not going to be a fan because I, it's the nature of fandom fanatics, you know, like is we, you're not thinking rationally or logically and is it rational to like a team that left your city um, that you loved here in this city. And, and because they, they went up North a couple hours and no, it's not. And yet then you see them on the field, you see rivers, take the field, you see gates, take the field. And it's like I, I mean, I love Philip Rivers more than you love your mother, and that's I, a fact. I'm not even going to argue that. <laughs> and I love I'm my obsessed. mom. My mom's a freaking best. You love Philip Rivers. Woo! Uh, I just, I love that guy, and I just the thought of not cheering for him, I can't even comprehend. So I can't comprehend cheering for the L.A. Chargers, but I can't comprehend not cheering for Philip Rivers. It's like this, just like emotional murk pool of just bleh. and and I. I don't even know how to accurately describe it as I'm, you know, making sounds instead of, you know, coherent words. Um, but I will say, you know, the first game that I watched, I was, I was, I didn't know if I was hate watching or joy watching. And then I saw that the kicker co line up and he, um, for, I can't even remember now if it was game winning or game tying, but, uh, and I found myself so sad that he missed. I'm like, wait, I, why am I so sad that he missed? Like, I didn't know if I cared. And I guess I do care. But and then games since then, there have been games where I've been like, screw it, I don't care. And I've turned it off. I won't even watch. And then there are other games where I'm like locked onto my TV and I'm like, don't bother me. You know, I'm watching the Chargers. And so it's just this. It's it's a weird feeling. I still am like emotionally um, confused about where my fanhood lies. And um, and it's a, it's a weird place to be because the people who hate the Chargers 
don't relate to me and the people who love the Chargers don't relate to me. So I'm in this weird middle ground of like just not knowing who to cheer for and not knowing how I feel, um, which is, you know, as a grown man married with two little kids and, you know, I feel like I should have a better grasp on my emotions, especially when it comes to something as silly as sports fandom, but you, I just don't, I have so, no idea. You sound like, like a 12 or 13 year old kid trying to figure out like their place in life. You know, I don't, I'm not a girl, I'm not yet a woman or I'm, I'm whatever. Then a Britney Spears shout out. But yeah, it's funny that sports can make you feel that way, even though you're a grown person. Yeah. I feel like, like the love of my life as a teenager just broke up with me and I'm so mad at her, but I still love her. You know, like, I don't know if that's probably a terrible analogy, but you're, you're right. You I kinda... think that was the basis for every emo song between <laughs> 1999 and 2004. So you're onto something, I think. Uh, I don't know. But like, as, yeah, so... but as a city, cause obviously, you, you know, taxpayer funding and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so many cities now, I think, and you're seeing it in Oakland, you saw it in Seattle with the Sonics. Cities are starting to just call these owners bluffs and these people leave but then, like, look at Seattle. They don't have the Sonics, but they've been thriving ever since. The Sounders came in, and they're booming, and Mariners fandom is great, and Seahawks fandom is great, and Amazon's going to rule the world soon. And, like, they're doing okay. <laughs> as, as Have San Diegans kind of wrapped their mind around the fact that, you know, maybe maybe this is for the best in, in a way? No, absolutely not. Not at all. Okay. <clears throat> no, I don't – I mean – I. How, yeah, I you know I'm literally wearing a goals hat as we do the San Diego goals hat as we do this uh, podcast. I went to the goals game this week. Um, I'm pumped that this 1904 soccer team is here. I don't know what division they're going to be in yet or how that's going to all shake out. But I you know so am I instead of bashing the Chargers all the time, I try to you know rally around what we do have, meaning you know the Padres, the goals, um, and I San Diego State obviously you know and I I just but I don't think that anyone's like good riddance. I'm glad they left. Um, I think if Spanos was not the owner, I mean, Spanos was the owner and they decided to come back. I think there'd be very mixed reactions. Like, no, F you get out of here. We don't want you back. Um, if Spanos sold the team and they came back, I, I feel like it would be a 99% acceptance. You know, everybody would love to have the chargers back. So, you know, are we going to be fine? Absolutely. But are we completely over it and have moved on? No way. Absolutely not. Not even close. Leads me to something I've, I've always been curious about, especially now since living there. Uh, I mean, San Diego, it's a top 10 city population-wise in America, right? But it's such a spread-out city. It's very large. The districting, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, is, is what gives them a lot of those numbers. Do San Diegans, like, do you guys feel or want to feel or not even care about, you know, is this an identity thing? Was having an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team something that made the city feel vindicated in a certain way or, or that belonged to the table with other big cities? Or do you guys not give a shit about that? And it's just the emotion to the connection to the teams and the players themselves. Yeah. I, I never, I never really bought into the whole, like, you know, we need this to not be considered a small town by everybody else around the nation. You know, I, for some reason that that's not ever a, you know, kind of a narrative that resonated with me. Like San Diego's just this small town and we're always going to be a small town because we can't even hold our sports teams. Um, I, I don't think that that's like, I, I don't think we need to have all these major things to be a great community and a great city um, spread out as it may be. Um, I just, I, for some reason that that is not something that ever um, made me feel like that's what validated us as a city. 
Um, so I would say that it was more, it's more about the history that was involved. Like it was a part of this city that left and that is, um, the part that hurts. Um, and, you know, like, I don't think that if San Diego didn't have a, an NFL team and we never had had one, I don't think that anyone would be, you know, not anyone. I don't think there would be people coming out in droves, you know, for the fight for NFL in, in San Diego, even though we never had it. You know, I mean, I think everyone, like everyone in media would certainly want it because everyone loves coming to San Diego. Players would want it because everyone, you know, wants to live in San Diego. So, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it's a, we need this to be a big city. Um, I just think it's a, we miss this because it's been a part of our culture and a part of our history. The superchargers. Yeah. Unfortunately now plying their trade a couple hours up the freeway. Uh, before we get to our last couple Painful. segments, Brady, um, what's, uh, what's the status of, uh, of you and, and Hacksaw? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Hacksaw still ignores me all the time. <laughs> I, um, and it's funny, you know, we mentioned earlier about how I'm always positive. And I mean, Hacksaw is one of the very few people that I have ever openly um, gone after um, because I was so angry at them. Um, just watching him repeatedly lie to his uh, listeners. And um, so, yeah, we, we certainly had a feud there for years. And and then, you know, I've extended all the branches uh, multiple, multiple times. He ignores them. He don't, he don't, he don't um, take them. He don't take them. No, not so much. Uh, he's back on the air with uh, Scott and BR, which is pretty funny. I actually, he just comes on and does his best 15 minutes of sports radio, which is actually like seven minutes long. And, um, and, and then they chat for a few minutes. And I actually think it's kind of brilliant that Scott brought him back um, because, you know, it stirs up controversy, which is what he likes to do. And, uh, and it gets Hacksaw back on, on the air, which he is obsessed with. I mean, this guy sat on his Twitter handle at uh, Hacksaw 1090 for years of being unemployed by the station. And then <laughs> sure enough, his longevity of, uh, you know, leaving that in his handle, it's like now it's come to fruition yet again. So jokes on the rest of us. I Everything guess. that goes out of style eventually comes back in. That's uh, the case in all of life. Um, all right, Brady, last couple segments before we get to the fun five, which is how I end the show. I'd like to offer my guests the chance to turn the tables and you get to ask me any one question that you like. Put me on the spot, even though it's my show. So if you'd like that opportunity, go ahead. Fire away. Absolutely. I would like to know, has it always been your career ambition to become the new Jack Hanna? Um, <laughs> and be the? I see these pictures of you and these little segments with these crazy animals. Um, what is that like? And is that something you've liked or wanted? Like, I just... I have so like when when I first saw them start popping up, I'm like, what in the world is Janella doing with all these crazy reptiles and creatures? Yeah. So for anyone who uh, any San Diego people or Padres people who have just ignored my life uh, since I left town, uh, what Brady's talking about is that now uh, my main gig over at a place called Little Things. Part of what I do is once a week they bring in like wild animals, and I get to talk to their handlers and learn about them. And we've had everything from penguins to baby leopards to pythons to uh, falcons and like a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, to answer your original question, no, that was never really my career ambition. Um, it has been since they've asked me to do the show around May. Um, I was, it was never something I had in mind, but once they offered me the opportunity to do that, uh, obviously I jumped at it. You know, I'm always one to try something new and I love learning. I love researching. So when I find out, Oh, we're going to have some exotic, tarantula or vulture come on then i love going on to the internet and learning about 
their lifespans and their sizes and their speeds and their mating habits and all this kind of crazy stuff. So, uh, so I dig it. It was not anything I expected or like sought out. But once I got the opportunity handed to me, it's been great. And let me tell you, it makes for amazing Instagram pictures. So, uh, yeah, I'm not absolutely. Mad at all, yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool that you can kind of you kind of build up this, um, like you know, you've you've been building the brand of yourself, obviously, you know, since you you worked at Guinness World Records and then you came out to sports stuff and then now you do these little things and you know, between all those together, all the celebrities that you were encountered with while you were with the Padres all the crazy people and things you just did a recent like throwback Thursday where you started posting all these freaky pictures of you with like the longest nails in the world lady. And, (laughs) um, from your Guinness book days. And I do think it's kind of funny that like any, it's kind of, I kind of feel this way a little bit with pancakes, um, that I've made, you know, art pancakes in the past, like where if anything that comes up in like the media, like, um, you know, like, uh, something happens with an animal in in the news and you can be like, Oh, I'm glad that this Python didn't do that to me. Like it did in the news. And then you right. show a picture of you with a Python and I can be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, it's, Oh, look, it's Babe Ruth's birthday. Here's a pancake that I made at Babe Ruth, you know, four years ago. So, you know, like there's just, it's kind of like a cool thing that you can draw on as, you know, events happen going forward. You always have this, you know, these cool experiences that you've had, um, which is pretty neat. I, I mean, it's, it seems like a crazy gig, but it's uh, it's definitely provided some cool content for you. It's all about hashtag content. And a cheap plug, check me out, at Mike Janella on Instagram, Twitter, and all other social media handles. <laughs> um, oh, all right, Brady, time for... I'll time. add you on MySpace. Yeah, there you go. Make me one of your top eight or whatever they used to be back yeah. then. Um, <laughs> time for the fun five. It's five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. Question number one, Brady. It's still theoretically possible, and we're recording it before the game this week, but if the Chargers made the Super Bowl this year, would you be rooting for them to win? Oh, gosh. After I just shared my emotional distraughtness. Yeah, I ripped the game um, in right off again. Yeah, I would. You would. Phil Rivers would be their quarterback, and I, I would. Yeah. All right, there you go. Question number two. I would. When will the Padres next make the playoffs? Give me a season. Um... I'm going to say 2019, All right. which I think is a little bit crazy because, you know, that's only two seasons and, you know, the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. The D-backs are still good. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously in the Giants, they just decide to win World Series every couple of years. So it is kind of nuts to think that um, the potential that is in the NL West and how difficult it's going to be. But I'm an idiotic optimist. So I'm going to say 2019. Glass half full. I like it. Um, question number three, uh, maybe we answered this at some point earlier, but, uh, I'll, I'll put it more on the spotlight. If you could put the Padres front office on, on laughing gas, on truth serum, ask them any one question, what would it be? Um, you're guaranteed to get the, the true answer. I think I would ask Ron Fowler, um, even if you got fan results that said, everybody wanted the Brown back. Would you, would you even bring it back? Like are all of these polls and all of these tests and all these case studies, it, is it all just, you know, for show so that you can say you've done it. Like if you actually got data back that said people do want to bring back the Brown, would you do it? Or do you just dislike Brown so much that you would never do it anyway? 
Right. The world may never know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, yeah. If 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 one hundred percent of the fans said we want the brown, would you still not do it? I think that's a good question. Yeah, I just think he doesn't. I just think he doesn't like it, and that's really the bottom line. Yeah. Question number four: What's the best beer brewed in San Diego? Ooh, uh, that's a tough one, and it's going to draw a ton of uh, scrutiny because there are obviously the most amazing breweries in the world here in San Diego, but. I have fallen in love with uh, Thunderhawk. It's a very small brewery um, that is in Miramar. It's right off Miralani Drive. Um, they have, I know the two owners, uh, John and Bill, and they there you, have There you go a, again. You're just a shill, as always. I know. I'm telling you, though. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, every coffee-flavored beer that I've ever had had been like a porter or a stout, and I'm not a huge porter or stout guy, so... Basically, if beer tasted like coffee, I just wasn't a big fan of it. Well, they brewed this, and I know other people have done this as well, um, but they brewed a uh, coffee pale ale. It's called Electric Youth, and it is amazing. They, you know, they'll do new drafts and collaborations and all this stuff all the time. And you know, I always like to try the new thing or whatever, but I find myself just every time coming back to this one specific beer, Electric Youth from Thunderhawk. Love it. There you go. Go buy your cases now. Last question for you, Brady, and I'm tying two of the loves of your life together into this one, and you have to make it Sophie's choice. Would you rather never be able to drink beer again or never be able to watch sports again? Holy jeez. Well, there are other forms of alcohol in the world, so I think I'd rather not drink beer (laughs) (laughs) because not having sports would really suck. If you said alcohol altogether, geez, then, well, then let, that would really be tough. Let, let me ask. No, let's, you, let's cannot, no you can't change it. You can't change no, it. No, it's, it's, it's question 5A, five, five <laughs> alcohol or sports. Uh, oh, man. I think I would still. I mean, like, yeah, I like, I like alcohol, but I, I think sports has just been ingrained been a part of me in my whole life, and I, I, can't, um, I can't imagine ever taking that um, competitive fanhood and just appreciation for the real-life drama unfolding before our eyes, so... As hard as it is, man, I would definitely choose sports over booze. Nothing beats a Padres game and a nice cold Zima, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Brady, so uh, plug anything you want to plug, man. Any social media handles, any websites, anything in general. Uh, here's your chance. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, I, don't, I don't really – I mean, I'm lob shots uh, at Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, and, you know, I – I have been not as active, but I am the pancake dad on Instagram as well. Um, and so I will, I've, I've kind of been posting pancakes as periodically as I've been posting blogs on lobshots.com. So, um, all something I've got in my back pocket and, you know, will I'm sure revamp from time to time. So I'm out there to be found. Beautiful. <laughs> this was fun, man. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time on your son's birthday today of all days. I'm going to let you go back and be a dad and have fun, but I had a blast, man. Always great catching up with you. Yeah, it was fun, man. We certainly miss you out here and, uh, happy to hear you're doing well out there. Keep it going and, uh, we'll keep stalking each other on social media. It'll be great. Perfect. When I'm back there, beer's on me. If you come out here, beer's on you or vice versa, we'll figure something out. All right. Deal. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Make sure to head to MikeJanella.com to find all previous episodes of the show and also information on the great outro music you're hearing right now. Make sure to like and subscribe and download wherever you find podcasts because I would really appreciate it. My thanks one more time to Brady Phelps. Thanks most of all to you guys for listening. We appreciate you. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.